the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You can't take the Bible and say, this is like options on a car. Yes, I want power windows. Oh, of course, the moon. (laughs) Got to have that. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. God has given us what is right and what is wrong in his word. Now, people will say, oh, Christianity, this is a bunch of rules and regulations. Hold on. Is it really just rules and regulations? Or is God trying to spare you the pain of living in an unrighteous way? So when he says, thou shall not steal, is that bad for you? Thou shall not steal. You don't like something, you can't go loot a store, and you can't just go rip off your neighbor. Why? So that you won't go to jail. So your life won't be misery. The Bible says if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. God wants us to be productive in our lives. God says, thou shalt not commit adultery. Okay, why? Because when the other person finds out, they'll come and kill you. Okay, it's like you're sleeping with some guy's wife. The other guy finds out, he'll come and kill you. Happens all the time. It's like God is trying to spare us misery and wants us to live uprightly before him. But Manasseh chose to walk on the dark side. And he chose to rebel against God. First John 2.15 says, Do not love the world nor the things of the world. He says, If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in you. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life, it's not from the Father, but it's from the world. And guess what? And this is what we don't realize when we don't want to follow God's law. He says, The world is passing away, and also its lust. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. Just remember, this life is only so long. Again, when I was in the fifth grade, it felt like I was there for 35 years. Am I ever going to get out of the fifth grade? It's just like, it just seemed like time was just going by so slowly. It's like, oh my goodness, the school year took 25 years. It's just like, oh my goodness, you know. Then you get married and you start having kids. Your wife starts pumping up babies like Octomom. It's like all the years, decades are going by, you know. Now I'm 61. It's like, I'm still in good shape. Just want to point that out. Just, you know. But uh, but it's like, oh, my goodness. I never thought when I looked at someone that was 40. Oh, that guy's over the hill. Okay, yeah. You're, you're like ancient. 50? Oh, my goodness. 60? Just dig a hole and bury him in the backyard. Now I'm like, well, I'm not ready for the backyard yet, you know. But I'm just saying that's how I used to feel. But so we have Manasseh here. He was doing the complete polar opposite of everything that the Word of God says. He was seduced. He was persuaded. He was disloyal. He was disobedient. So God tries to woo his people back in verse 8. Hey, people, you need to come back to me to keep his statutes. But God's people didn't listen. No, we kind of like live in La Vida Loca here with Manasseh. So he led away the whole country. 
The whole nation was led away by this slackard. Which brings up our point, embracing everything. Let's read what he goes on to say in verse 9. 2 Kings 21, verse 9. But they did not listen, and Manasseh seduced them, this is the whole nation, to do evil. More than the nations whom the Lord destroyed before the sons of Israel. So when Moses delivered the people out of Egypt, and they came across into the promised land, and God just drove out all the nations, he says, no, you guys are more wicked than all those people were before. Drop down to verse 12. It says, therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, behold, I am bringing such calamity, such calamity on Jerusalem and Judah, that whoever hears of it, both of their ears shall tingle. And I will stretch over Jerusalem the line of Samaria and the plummet of the house of Ahab, and I will wipe Jerusalem as one wipes a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. Verse 14 says, and I will abandon the remnant of my inheritance, and I will deliver them into the hand of their enemies, and they shall become as plunder and spoil to all their enemies, because they have done evil in my sight, and have been provoking me to anger since the day their fathers came up from Egypt, even to this day. He's like, you know what, I'm done with you. I'm turning you over to your own enemies. I'm going to watch them just, just rail you. I, that's, it's, it's over. Yes, Manasseh embraced temptation as he led the people of God astray. He took away the word of God, which was the voice of reason. God's word is the voice of reason. Listen, you don't, you don't want to always hear what God has to say because it's not going to agree with you. But it's always what you need to hear because you need that. Because you're doing something that's wrong. God's word is always a voice of reason to bring you back. That's why reading the Bible daily is so critical for us. Because we're surrounded with all the wrong voices. So you have to put in that purifying right voice in your head every day. Yes, his father Hezekiah listened to the word of God through the prophet Isaiah. Jewish tradition tells us that Manasseh had Isaiah killed by sawing him in half with a wooden saw. That would make Isaiah the one that's referred to in the hall of faith recorded in Hebrews chapter 11, where it says this when he's talking about the incredible acts of faith that were done by faithful men that serve God. Listen to what it says in Hebrews eleven thirty-seven, talking about these faithful men. It says, they were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with a sword. And he goes on to say, men of whom this world was not worthy of. So when it says they were sawn in two, sounds like that's what happened to Isaiah the prophet, who has his own book in the Bible, obviously. And it's just like, here, Manasseh, this man that was the the right-hand man of his dad, had him killed because why? I'm sure Isaiah was calling him on the carpet. Woe is you. Grease, sorrow, and misery on you, king, for what you've done to this country. Oh, yeah, I don't like hearing you anymore. Here, let me kill you. I'll saw you in half. Understand, God's people allowed all this to happen. They were silent. This is why we can't be silent on the vote. Because it's like they allowed it to happen in front of them. How? Because they allowed their hearts to grow cold and to turn away from God. 
Why? Because they didn't heed any discretion to the culture that surrounded them. They didn't guard what they said or what they did. Again, we live in a society and a culture just like this that's turned away from God. So with that in mind, let me ask you, in the midst of this culture, how are you living? How do you make your decisions? Is it based on what the Word of God says? How do you determine What is morally right and morally wrong? You know, it's amazing to me how some Christians are pro-abortion. It's like, well, you know, these poor women, you know what, we can go back to back alley abortions and then to be dying in the street. It's like, well, then let that be then. Because how can we legalize the killing? It's all about the woman's right. It's a woman's body and it's her right. Well, what about the little girl that's inside her? Because I have three little girls. So what about all those little girls that were in there? Don't they have a voice? Is there no voice for them? And see, so they'll say, yeah, but, you know, what about this? And then, of course, you know, when they pass the laws, what about rape and incest? It's like, that's less than one half of 1%, just so you know. So we're going to kill the other 99.5% because of the one half of 1%. Look, two wrongs don't make a right. Look, it's never a good situation, an unwanted pregnancy. But maybe because we haven't listened to God about being discreet with our own bodies, maybe because we haven't listened to God that we should not be sleeping with men or women, we shouldn't be sleeping with them until we've come into a covenant relationship of marriage. Oh, come on. Are you living in the Stone Age? This is the 21st century. Everyone's doing it. Not so. A true believer in Christ should not be doing that. If you're doing that, you need to think about it. It's my career, and this will ruin this. It's like, well, then stop having sex outside of marriage. Stop living sexually out there when God has told you to hold yourself and don't give yourself away sexually until the day you get married. See, God has given us wisdom in these things, but when we turn away from him and do whatever we want to do, well, then what's going to happen? Things are going to happen. So what do we do? How do we live morally right when we're surrounded by so much wrong? How do we do this? Well, here's some things that we can do in our life because God has established how to live. So how about these three points that you can take to note right now? Number one, prayer. Prayer is very important. Why is that? Because God hears our prayer. Psalm 34, 6 says, This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Listen, when we pray, God listens. And if you're sincere and you're serious, trust me, God will always help you and listen to your prayers. We as believers in this culture that we live in, we must surround ourselves with the teaching of God's word. Why? Because it reveals what is true. Some of the things I said tonight, some of you are probably angry. You know, I don't like you. I've gotten on subjects like this before, and I've had people hit me up in the foyer. You know, Pastor, I just, I really like your church. Your music was awesome. And, and you know, it's like, I, I like the way you talk because I can track along with you. I kind of get what you're saying and everything. But when you said this, oh, I didn't like that. So I'm just telling you right now, I'm not coming back to your church. And I said, so now which part was it? And they'll tell me. And I said, okay, so 
So what you're saying is you have a really big problem with God. And they're like, no, 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 no. I love God. I have a problem with you. Okay. You're my problem. And I'm like, yeah, but, but what you said was you didn't like this part. Yeah. Well, this is what God says. See, you can't take the Bible and say, this is like options on a car. Yes, I want power windows. Oh, of course, the moonroof. <laughs> Got to have that. Okay, air conditioner, that's a standard given, okay? We, we live in Southern California. Got to have air. I mean, you know, yes, I want tires. Of course, I want tires, okay? So we have all these options that we go down, and we want those. The Bible's not like that. It's all or not. And that's what believers have to understand. When you come to the Lord, it's not like, well, you know, Lord, I really like this and this and this. But, you know, I, I, I just don't agree with that. Because my culture, my society, you know, all my friends, they, you know, they, they would mock me and laugh. That's, that's horrendous. We're not living in the Stone Age. Come on. It's the 21st century. It's like God's word never changes. Ever, ever changes. Ever changes. Okay. So, so when people have a real problem with me, it's like you, your problem's not with me. Just And I told that, the, the, this is just the last one that, that did this to me. I said, just know, look, I, I would love for you to come back here. I would love for you to study the word of God here with us. But I just want you to know if you never come back, you're not coming back because you disagree with what the God what God says. No, 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 no. no. You're disagreeing with I'm just the messenger. Don't hate the messenger. I'm just telling you the message, okay? I didn't write the book. You have a problem with it, you have to go to him. But don't leave here. I'm just ticked off of that pastor at core church. I can't stand him because of this. No, 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 no. This is not. Now, listen, I've had people say, I don't like your comedy. There was one time I was teaching. I was given a, a message and I, I opened up with a joke about cats. And, you know, I'm just not fond of cats. Okay, hate me for that, okay? I don't like cats, okay? Like, I come home, my dog's like, oh, oh, you're home, okay? You go home to a cat, it's like, yeah, whatever. They don't care, okay? It's like, so hate me for not liking cats. But there was this one time I was teaching, and I gave this, you know, opening little joke on cats, and I kind of threw the cat under the, under the bus. I did. I, I, I rolled back over, my foot in reverse, went back over the cat, drive, you know. I, I mean, I just, that cat was flattened out, okay? So they came up to me afterwards, and like, they were so mad at me. I cannot believe what you said. We, we have a cat at home. And I'm, I'm like, that, that was a joke, right? I mean, I, I, no cats were heard in this message. Okay? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, and I apologize because, look, I don't want you to miss the message because of my stupid joke. But, you know, I'm sorry if, if I offend you on some side joke or whatever, but you'd be surprised how much I hold back, okay? The chimps are loose inside sometimes, okay? So if you think there's a little bit too much coming out, or you don't even know what I'm restraining, okay? You have no clue. But I will never, ever apologize for the truth of God's word. Just know that. Never, ever. So we need to have his word because it reveals truth. Psalm 119, 133 says, Establish my footsteps in thy word, and do not let any iniquity have dominion over me. Oh, that's when a heart is full of joy and peace. And number three, we must surround ourselves with godly friends. Why? Because they will love us enough to tell us the truth. See, number one, we're to pray. Number two, we're to read God's word. And number three, Surround yourself with godly friends. Proverbs 27, 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, 
but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. You better have a friend that will tell you the truth than someone that says, oh, no, you look great. Really, plaid and stripes go together. It's, it's a new thing. And it's like, uh, probably not. You need a friend that says, looks like you got dressed in the closet with the lights turned out, dude. You need to like, you know, change your program, okay? See, this is how we become lights in a dark world that we live in so that we can preach the gospel. And we never know when God's going to use us. Now, let's see how this story ends here. 2 Kings 21, 16. It says, Moreover, Manasseh shed very much innocent blood until he had filled Jerusalem from one end to the other besides his sin with which he made Judah sin in doing evil in the sight of the Lord. Now, the rest of the acts of Manasseh and that they are all that he did in his sin which he committed, are they not written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And then he was buried with his father. And that we, you know, that's exactly how you expect this to end. Of course, you know, it's like Manasseh, you know, you're done. It's like everything, you, you were the most wicked king at all. And it's just like, all you can say is, you know, praise Jesus. The wicked king is dead. You know, goodbye and good riddance. Don't let the door of the coffin, you know, slam you. Just get out of here. Okay. But wait, verse 17 said, there's more about Manasseh. In the book of Chronicles. So let us turn over to Second Chronicles chapter 33, which is giving us our final point, seeking forgiveness. So Second Chronicles 33.10 says this, And the Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they paid no attention. Therefore the Lord brought the commanders of the armies of the king of Assyria against them. And they captured Manasseh with hooks. They bound him with bronze chains and they took him to Babylon. Remember what happened? Remember what Isaiah told his dad? Babylon's going to come down here. They're going to kick your rear end. They're going to take everything. Guess what? They did. And here it happened. Verse 12. And when he was in distress, who? Manasseh. He's in distress now. He embraced the Lord his God, he humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. And when he prayed to him, God was moved by his entreaty, and he heard his supplication, and he brought him again to Jerusalem, to his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. Wow! Whoa, Manasseh wouldn't listen to God's warning. He warned, and he warned, and he warned. I wonder how many times God has warned you about something going on in your life. So God allowed the wicked Assyrians to come in. Oh, you're not going to listen to me? Okay. This will wake you up. Okay. Assyrians attack, take them captive. Verse 11 said, Manasseh was led away by hooks. What does that mean? That means that they put a large hook through his nose and drug him away through his nose. Now, the wicked and the prideful, arrogant king, Manasseh, you know, sits defeated in a prison cell. He's broken and he's in total distress. And what does he do? What does he do? He cries out to the God of his father. No atheists in foxholes. When you're getting ready to die, everyone's calling out to God. And get this, God actually 
listen to him. Now, see, it's a good reason why I'm not God. I would have said, I can't hear you. No, 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 no. You know, I was like, I'm not listening to you. You slack jaw. You let all my people astray. Go talk to someone who cares, you know, because talk to the hand. I ain't listening to you. See, so you're all lucky that I'm not God, okay? Because I say, yeah, you're out of here, okay? But God listens to him, and he forgives him. That's the God that we serve. This is the best news that any sinner could ever hear. This is the best message. If you're in sin tonight, this is the best message you've ever heard. Because if God could forgive a wretch like Manasseh, oh my goodness, there's hope for all of us. There's hope for you and me. For Manasseh rebelled and he broke every law that God established. And through the loving hand of God's discipline, he repented. Revelation 3.19 says, those whom I love, God speaking, those whom I love, I rebuke and I discipline. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. See, God loves you enough to bust you. God loves you enough to call you on the carpet. God loves you enough to get you caught. You're a Christian? You're out stealing? Oh, guess what? You're going to get caught. Oh, oh, it's going to come on you. You know, you're out there doing something wrong? Oh, you're going to get busted. Why? Because God hates you? No, it's quite the opposite. He's going to bust you so that you repent and you get right with him. You see, that's what real love is. Real love is not letting you just go. I mean, if your kid says, hey, mom, can I go play on the freeway? Uh, What? Yeah, everyone's doing it. What do you say as a parent? Get in this house. Play on the freeway. You know, it's like, what's what's wrong with you? You know, smack you around. You know, it's like, get 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 that thought out of your mind. Manasseh came to his senses. He cried out with a heart of total repentance. Oh, how his prison floor must have been flooded with the tears of sorrow. How the walls must have been covered with the voice of confession as he cried out to God. And God's heart was moved. And deliverance came to him. He was released. Imagine that. The the king of Babylon lets him go back to Jerusalem. And for the rest of his life, he tried to undo the damage that he caused. I wonder what God desires to do with you. I wonder how much pain could be spared if we would simply humble ourselves before the Lord, maybe even tonight. Notice how Manasseh just repented. Is there anyone here tonight that needs to repent of a secret sin? Something that you've allowed in your life? Please, repent tonight. I beg you. Allow the Lord's great compassion to embrace you and to cleanse you of your sin. Maybe today you, like Manasseh, could say, Oh God, I have been very rebellious. I've allowed my life to to be consumed with compromise. Maybe you could say a prayer like that. Know this, we were meant for so much more than what many of us are living today. So what can we learn from Manasseh here tonight? Well, (laughs) I'm sure many things, but as we close, here's just four of them. Number one, his feelings of entitlement as a royal heir to the throne caused him to think that he was invincible. 
that he was above sin. Number two, his pride and his arrogance gave him a false sense of security. He didn't think there would ever be any repercussions of his sinful lifestyle. Number three, because he wouldn't repent, he had to learn the hard way. Do you have to learn the hard way? Or will you learn the easy way? If we don't repent of our own sin, God will humble us by force because he loves you. A price that none of us would ever want to pay. And number four, God's grace can never be measured. Oh, that we would all freely embrace God's forgiveness and walk with him. Not because we have to, but because we want to. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app, available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to P.O. Box 347 Eight nine Los Angeles, California nine zero zero three four. Three Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.